0: 1420
1: WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group, alongside Phil Palliologos. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is always a pleasure to be here with Ray Lance, Ray and USA Wealth Group. Well, you might say this. USA Wealth Group is a family-run business that is truly dedicated to protecting your family. What a wonderful message there is in that. Ray Lance, good morning and always great to see you, buddy. Good morning, Phil. Thank you. I have nothing more to say. You <laughs> said it all. We'll, we'll rest right now. It's true, though. <laughs> well, thank you so much. It's really very kind of you and that is the mission at USA Wealth Group. We want to show you how to protect your family and how to protect your money. And in that sequence. And today we're going to add and protect your business and think about your business. Because after all, who said the business of America is business? Phil Paliologus. No, actually it was Calvin Coolidge. <laughs> said that a long time ago. Phil's trying to get that, you know, penned under his name. <laughs> well... Actually, the Greeks invented everything anyway. We all know that. But welcome this morning to Peter Lance, uh, my son, my uh, business colleague, my business partner, uh, vice president of USA Wealth Group, uh, on-call volunteer firefighter for the town of Dartmouth, uh, District 1, um, a family man, a man with uh, three beautiful children uh, that I love dearly. So
2: welcome, Good morning, Pete. Well, now you've said it all, and I have nothing else to say. Okay.
1: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to rest. But we do have a very special guest with us this morning. We have Mr. Rick Kidder, who's the president and CEO of the New Bedford Area Chamber of Commerce. Good morning, Rick. Well, good morning, Ray. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Phil. Happy Sunday morning to everyone. And I have a question to ask you, and this is kind of an important question. Is it called New Bedford Area Chamber of Commerce, or is it Greater New Bedford Area Chamber of Commerce? It is
0: actually the New Bedford Area Chamber of Commerce, although we get reported as about 15 different names. The New Bedford Area Chamber of Commerce is actually our legal name.
1: Okay. I guess we could also call it the Greatest Area Chamber of Commerce.
0: You know, I'm I'm with you on that, Ray. I think that's actually a good one. Two thumbs up from Phil, ladies (laughs) and gentlemen. Two thumbs
1: up from Phil. He likes it, too. Well, you're in for a treat this morning because... We have four people right now in this studio, all with smiling faces, and guess what? Everybody
2: likes to talk a lot. (laughs) And only one of us likes to have quotes. And at least two of us are paid to talk, so that's a good (laughs) thing.
1: (laughs) Well, welcome, Rick, and uh, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, as always, for being with us on Sunday morning. Our mission is really very simple. We like to explain things, introduce you to things, educate you about things that would be useful in your life. And if you're a business owner in particular listening this morning, if you are not yet a member of the New Bedford Area Chamber of Commerce, you should be. Right, Rick? Absolutely, Ray, and you'll get your check in a few days. Yes. Well, actually, we paid our check a little while ago. You did.
0: You did. Actually, you're one of the few people who pays me and then plugs. So thank you very, very much for that. But, but yes, been, we have uh, we, we believe very strongly that every business can benefit from being a part of the Chamber.
1: Oh, absolutely. And uh, we've actually been a member of the New Bedford Area Chamber of Commerce for quite a while and have known many, many people over the years that have worked there, and it's a great organization. So, seriously, if you are a, a business owner and you're not yet a member of the New Bedford Area Chamber of Commerce, you need to be so. And if they wanted to, to join, would they simply call your number? Which
0: Absolutely. Is... They can give us a call at
1: 508-999-5231, and we will get you signed up. Okay. We're going to repeat that a couple of times. You can also visit their website, and uh, the website is www.newbedfordchamber.com. You know, now that just... we've
2: talked you up quite a bit, what are some of the benefits now, we know what the benefits are, but for those listening who own a business who are not members yet, what are some of the benefits of becoming a member of the Chamber?
0: Well, you can look at it in a number of different ways. For one thing, the Chamber is probably the lowest cost marketing dollars you could spend. We have one of the most searched databases uh, in the area. Uh, people go into that database. They're looking for businesses. They're looking for, uh, and and interestingly enough, there's a there's a mindset that if somebody's a member of the chamber, that means that they're also really a part of uh, the community and they're ingrained in it. And people like that, so it adds almost a stamp of approval. Mm-hmm, so, does.
1: sure, absolutely does. Rick, I want to ask you a little bit about your background. I know that you are uh, originally from Gloucester, Massachusetts. I am.
0: I was born in Gloucester, Massachusetts, and I uh, left for about 30 years and came back to – I needed to be in a fishing village. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Absolutely. I don't think I could – I could never live away from the coast. Could you, Pete? No, absolutely not, actually. I I posted something on Facebook the other day. Somebody – we had the snowstorm the other day, and people on my Facebook were saying those, those of them who live in Florida, oh, it's 70-something degrees down here. Enjoy that white stuff. And I'm thinking, I, I am enjoying it. I, I love being up here. And, and,
0: and I'm the same way. And I was 30 <laughs> years, as, as you know, in Arizona. And, uh, and, it, well, and there was a reason behind that, actually. We actually thought that, that the California earthquake, Mm-hmm. Would The big one was really going to happen, and I'd end up with oceanfront property.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Turns out that wasn't the case. Now, my father is a parochial enough New Englander, he was, that he used to say he loved California, but it was a pity it was 3,000 miles away from the ocean.
1: So somebody sold you some bad real estate in Arizona, is what that's, that's
0: exactly right, and I got fooled for about 30 years, but frankly, the lure of coming back to the ocean and coming back to the seasons
2: was really a part of what wanted me to come back here. That was actually the plot of, I think, Superman four. Lex Luther was going to blow up California to make sure that uh, Arizona had uh, oceanfront property. Exactly, exactly. And I was behind that film. I was very strongly in favor of Lex's
0: plan, but apparently it just didn't happen. So Arizona's still the desert, and California
1: coast is still the California coast.
0: But you know, uh, I like looking out at the coast and seeing the beautiful sunrise.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I know, that, uh, Rick, you're also a graduate of uh, Harvard College. What was your major? Please don't hold that against me. No, I won't. I, no, it's a, it's a great distinction. I, 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 did
0: a, I did a double major in English and government. English? Yes. And actually, what I did was I picked two things to major in that could produce absolutely no income for you in the future. <laughs> uh, and as much as I loved being an English major and loved literature, uh, the reality was... Uh, that, that actually prepared me to do very little. Good. Well, have you written your great
1: American novel yet? <laughs> no,
0: but it is forming in my head. There yes. is a great American Sorry, novel in saying. every
1: English major's head. I also majored in English. Did you? Yes, I went to Clark University in Worcester. Excellent. Majored in English literature. And in my last year in college, I said, all right, what do I want to do next? Do I want to go get a master's degree in English and teach English someplace? And I happened to take a course on sociology and the law, and I said, you know what? I'm going to go to law school instead. So Funny, I
0: did the same thing. Really? Yeah.
1: When you're an English major, you either have to write or
0: teach. That's exactly right. And I did both. <laughs> uh, I ended up, uh, I did go to law school for for a, one year. Uh, I looked around at my classmates in law school and said, there is not one person in this room that I want to be with three years from now. I think
1: you made the right decision. So,
0: so I gave up that idea for profession and I went into teaching and I Good. became an English teacher. Good. Uh, uh, now consider myself a recovering educator.
1: All right and you also went to work for the uh, Scottsdale Area Chamber of Commerce. I know you were executive VP for public policy. Correct. And then did you later uh, move on from there from that position to something else
0: yes i moved up to the ceo position and i'd been prepared for the public policy by having been uh for four years a senior policy advisor to the governor of arizona Hmm. Uh, that was a fascinating opportunity where i could look uh, my responsibilities were education transportation neighborhoods drugs indian gaming clean air legislation we solved all of those problems (laughs) so that when he left office so too did i uh when and then joined uh, no challenges exactly joined uh, the Scottsdale Chamber of Commerce for what I thought was going to be a year, stayed for 15, uh, and was CEO for the last nine.
2: Are nice. you running for political office because you might have my vote? Well, thank you. I, I am not yet running for political <laughs> office, but I don't Solving... rule
0: out anything in the future.
1: <laughs> well, we are talking with Rick Kidder, who's the president and CEO of the New Bedford Area Chamber of Commerce. Mm-hmm. And so you went from Scottsdale Chamber of Commerce President and CEO to, to New Bedford Cha- Chamber of that,
0: Commerce. That's exactly right. In fact, that was all predicated on the idea that I really wanted to move back to this area. I wanted to be back in New England. Uh, if, for those of you who know Scottsdale, it is an extremely affluent community. There's it is. that it has got a huge business mm-hmm. community. Uh, basically, in, in in the context of Scottsdale, the only thing that you could possibly do to keep it from being successful is find ways to screw it up. <laughs> And it was, it was much better for me to be in an environment that I knew had some challenges, but mm-hmm. also had some incredible assets and strengths uh, to see whether or not I could make a difference in this business community, and help this area grow. Isn't Scottsdale also where the Talking Stick Resort is? It is. The Talking Stick Resort is actually on Indian land, right. just adjacent
1: to Scottsdale. It
0: has a beautiful hotel, a beautiful casino, and two good golf
1: courses. It's a nice spot. I've stayed there before uh, for a couple of seminars. In fact, as recently as probably about a year, year and a half ago I was there. And I will mention also uh, with uh, Peter Lance, Peter and I had some interesting experiences in the state of Arizona, didn't we, Pete?
2: I I love Arizona. It's my second favorite state. Mm -hmm. Massachusetts is my third. New Hampshire is my first. Ooh, okay. Uh, And Arizona, I I love it. There's so many different areas that you can go and visit, and the the climate and everything is is so different from north to south. Uh, But, yeah, my father and I, when I was 16, we rafted through the Colorado River, down the Colorado River through the Grand Canyon. uh, Just Peter and I, we
1: did an eight-day rafting trip down the... Colorado Fantastic. River and the Grand Canyon, and Peter was in the prime of puberty at that point. Congratulations
0: and,
2: on that! And there was i I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm still in my prime. No, <laughs> which or at least I act like it sometimes. But but, the but are you still is, going
0: through puberty? Is the question? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> in one way or another, I suspect we all are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that I'm trying to grow up every day. Well, well, what the, I would the like the
1: problem to... is on that trip though, Peter, is that we had a 15-year-old girl who was also in the prime of her puberty. And Peter didn't want to know me from Adam. I mean, I could have been invisible on that boat trip. I took love,
2: Peter. It was at first sight. Oh, excellent! I took in the sights, but so you
0: you saw beautiful canyon, beautiful canyons, (laughs) a gorgeous river, and the hormones raged.
2: Yes, as as well as the river. And he
1: still apologizes to me to this day for the. Bad treatment that he gave me on that trip because he—it was
2: a wonderful vacation, though. I didn't mean to know that he experience. had a father on that trip. No, I—I'm sure you were actually a liability. It's definitely a liability. Well, in any event. Well, let's talk about we're the Chamber. We're not talking about the Arizona Chamber of Commerce. We're talking about the New Bedford area. That is correct. <laughs> so let's talk about the Chamber of Commerce. Sure. Um, I know
1: that we have about, what, 1,000 members? Just about 1,000 members. Uh, we're, we're looking to grow. Uh,
0: the Chamber actually has, um, has been based in New Bedford s- since 1885, and the vast majority of our members are in New Bedford, but uh, we have about what's in market penetration terms, about a 26% market penetration. For Chambers of Commerce nationally, uh, anything under anything over 20 is considered to be significant. So we've got a great market penetration in New Bedford, but we're also regional. Uh, and we uh, actually cover Westport to Wareham. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, 10 communities that we serve. Okay, Not all, obviously, of the size and scope of the urban area that is New Bedford. Uh, but there are also a tremendous number of companies out there that are a part of our membership base that are throughout that area.
2: Is the chamber part of
0: the city, uh, the city's government? It's not. Uh, and for many years, chambers actually were kind of a de facto extension of city government. Uh, And the way that they operated was that they often had a contract with the city. That contract allowed them to perform certain functions, including the kind of networking functions and and pancake breakfasts and greeting dignitaries, things of that kind. Uh, Over the years, particularly since the 1980s, chambers have split. By and large, from the municipalities they serve, because they've also become advocacy organizations. And in the process of that, they're representing the business community before government. And it's hard to represent the business community before government when you're also on their nickel. Mm-hmm. So we are funded entirely by our membership and uh, events and, and activities of the organization. And
2: I don't think that most people would be aware of that. You just mentioned that the chamber was founded in 1885. 1885. So it's now over 130 years old. Right. I heard a rumor that. That you are contemplating a name change. We've
0: been, we have been contemplating a name change. We're working. We have a group, a, a group of uh, trustees, our, our mem- members of our board of directors, I should say, who are actually working as a part of a rebranding committee to take a look at the pros and cons of um, of a name change for the organization the purpose of which would be to represent the area that we serve perhaps more broadly than than we do with our with our current name
2: well may I suggest what my father just said the greatest area chamber of
0: commerce you know I think that actually works <laughs> I think that actually works that and we're going to bring that up to the rebranding committee but we're going to go through a long and deliberative process on this
1: because it's not the kind of thing you don't change your identity no. willy-nilly so then, that means the chamber was formed about the time that baseball was created. That is
0: correct. In fact, it was, it was I believe at the same time. I, I have in my office a beautiful silver cup hmm. of the last baseball game in the 18 in in the early 1900s that was played between the New Bedford Chamber of Commerce members and the hmm. Fall River Chamber of Commerce members. We still hold that cup. Wow! And it's I think the reason that we hold it is that the game only happened twice. Ah. But we've got it. And it sits in my office We should get
2: the games going again. And I know you had shoulder surgery, so you're going to be pitching.
0: I I will. Yes, I'll be pitching. I've had uh, – it's not quite Tommy John surgery on the elbow. (laughs) But we did work on the rotator cuff, and I think I'll be able to do uh, – I can get my fastball up to a good 42 (laughs) miles per hour.
1: You know, maybe what we should do, though, just to give an idea, um, you could task this with Ian Aber, who I know works for the Chamber. He does. And – we uh, we're thinking about bringing him on the radio with us this morning too but he talks a lot also so we'll bring him on for another Well, you know, time. he's a
0: member of the city council so yes. also as a second job and God oh, knows that But oh, we can love talk. him dearly.
1: We absolutely love him dearly.
0: There's there's nothing like a politician to open, and a and a microphone. It's a scary thing.
1: <laughs> well, let's talk about uh business in general and you know, maybe we should think about reviving a baseball rivalry or an annual game between the Fall River and New Bedford area chambers. I th- of you know,
0: I think that would be a great idea. Well, you
2: but could have it at the uh, stadium that's at New Bedford High School where they have the, uh, the Bay Sox game. I, you yeah, know, But you could bring in
1: ringers. I mean, instead of just having
2: members who work for the Chamber,
1: you could also bring in anybody who is a member of the Chamber of Commerce and athletic and... You, you know, I like
0: that a lot. Put together. I like that a lot. I think we could put together a pretty good team, and I know that we'd be competitive. Mm, yeah. I also know that if necessary, we would cheat to win.
2: <laughs> well, we won't Is that another about, politician? We will uh, talk about <laughs> politics today.
1: <laughs> no, no more talks about politics. Um, you know, Aristotle Onassis once said, the secret of business is to know something that nobody else knows. And I think that's true in our community in New Bedford. We, I'm constantly amazed at the technologies that are in our own community. I mean, everything from Titleist, and, and um, I know Nye Lubricants uh, sells products worldwide, internationally.
2: Well, this area was huge for textiles, and yes. that was that's you know sort of an old technology with a lot of new technology now coming into play, with uh, some amazing things that they're doing with tec- textiles now.
0: And you know some of that, um, and I'm glad to say some of that has not gone away. I mean, right? witness Joseph Aboud. Uh, That is a remarkable company. Every Joseph Abood suit is made in the United States. In fact, it's made in New Bedford. And it is a remarkable company. And Joseph Abood is a phenomenal name. Uh, We had him two years ago as the speaker at our annual meeting. Uh, What an inspirational guy who really wanted to make sure that his product line was made here. Uh, and if you go down to New York to the Joseph Aboud store on Fifth Avenue, there is a sign in the window that says,
1: Made in New Bedford. Isn't that wonderful? That's yeah. cool. People don't realize that. And Joseph Abu just did something really remarkable as well. They just had uh, a public uh, grand opening for their new solar array on the roof of their building. That's right. So probably 50% of the power in their building now comes from solar technology, solar panels. That's exactly right. And do you know who built those solar panels? No, I do not. Beaumont Solar. Beaumont Solar built them. Which is there based go. out of New Bedford also. Excellent. And that company has doubled its business. I understand they're, about a year ago, they were doing about $17 million worth of business. And then in the last year, they've done $34 million worth of business. They're growing not only locally, but regionally, and I suspect soon nationally.
0: Well, and Ray and Peter, I think one of the things that we're seeing, New Bedford lit the world once when it was when it was whale oil. Right. Uh, New Bedford's going to light like the world again. It's not only through solar, but it's other kinds of alternative energies. Mm-hmm. We're working very hard now on offshore wind.
1: Yep, offshore wind uh, is going to be And that's huge. going to be huge here. And the, the base of all that, the technology for that, uh, the staging area for all that is going to be coming right off of our waterfront.
0: It is indeed. We just did the grand opening for uh, Deepwater Wind. That That's an exciting company that, that I think is going to do some great things here. And we are mandated uh, under under statute. We are mandated to 1,500 kilowatts of renewable energy and offshore wind is going to be a substantial piece of that Mm -hmm. so we're looking as we go forward in the future that the offshore wind industry and we did a we actually did a breakfast on it with some of the offshore wind folks on thursday that that is something that is going to be a not only an emerging technology but one that's going to place new bedford back on the map in new and different and better ways
1: so all this really argues very strongly that everybody who has any kind of a business really should belong to the chamber because not only do we have a lot of smart people in this area i, I really think new bedford is poised for a major renaissance in businesses and jobs and technology and so forth and You're,
2: rick what your comments basically mirror what he's saying is that you feel that new bedford is going to really uh, be a major a major, uh, absolutely. A, a major uh, factor in the country going forward you've been here for about a year and a half prior mm-hmm. right, to that. You were in Arizona and then Boston and Gloucester. Okay. What are your thoughts about New Bedford and this region as a whole in relation to the other parts of the country that you've lived in?
0: You know, it's interesting. One of the first things that I ran into here, and it, and it's changing very rapidly, I'm glad to say, but one of the first mindsets that I ran into when I came here was there was a bit of a sense of victimhood. Uh, that this was an area that said, you know, we are the stepchild of the Commonwealth. We're not the the place that gets the attention. Uh, And there was a, a kind of resignation to that mindset. What I'm seeing over the last year or so is all of that is starting to shift. And we're starting to see people being optimistic. There are conversations about South Coast Rail again. There are opportunities like offshore wind that are happening, like Beaumont solar that's growing, like uh, Joseph Abood and its, and its new solar array. You start looking at the things that are happening here, and what I'm seeing is optimism. And I'm starting to see people say this is an area that is not only ripe for a renaissance, it's actually beginning that renaissance now. And that's something that is not just New Bedford, that's across the region. And as we see that happen, uh, you know, we just saw the unemployment rate go down very, very dramatically, as you start to see that happen, you start to get a different public mindset where the place becomes important again in exciting new ways. And I'm glad to be a part of that.
2: Well, I think it started probably about 10 years ago where I started to see a real revitalization downtown with businesses and especially with a lot of interesting restaurants. And that has been steamrolling and getting more and more, really good restaurants downtown. I won't mention any by name because I don't know which are members of the, Commerce or, uh, the Chamber All of Commerce. Of but of <laughs> uh, But, I mean, there's some really great restaurants, some farm-to-table restaurants. Yes. And, and so that's generated a lot of excitement and continues to do so.
0: You know, one of the things that, that is the hallmark of a great downtown is that it feels like a 24-7 environment, mm-hmm. that it is a live-work-play sure. kind of environment. And we've started to see, as you said, the restaurants coming in, uh, greasy luck opened up. Moby Dick is about to open up. There are some wonderful things happening. And I know that we're starting to get successful when I hear complaints about parking, when I hear complaints about traffic. Those are the right kinds of complaints because that means that business is happening here. Doesn't mean you don't address parking challenges, but at the same time, when nobody was complaining about parking, it was because nothing was happening.
2: That's great. And, and now there's a lot of
0: energy. Uh,
1: sorry, so here's a new slogan for you that I'm going to offer. New Bedford Proud. I like it a lot. And then you could have bumper stickers that say, we are...
2: New Bedford proud. You I could like have
1: placards it. in people's businesses and storefronts and so forth.
2: Well, I think that the fact that there are so many new restaurants and businesses opening up just in the historic part of New Bedford mm-hmm. speaks volumes as it to does. what's going on with the New Bedford economy. So that's a great thing. And and you just mentioned the Greasy Luck and the uh-huh. Moby Dick. I like that they're bringing back these old uh, you know historical aspects of New Bedford uh, and bringing them into the 21st century.
0: Absolutely. One of the things that communities uh, that communities too often do is forget and ignore their past and their heritage Mm -hmm. in their excitement about growing. They lose pieces of themselves and New Bedford, I don't think we'll ever do that. Uh, That the national park alone, the whaling museum alone, those great anchors that are a part of our history. uh, I'm so pleased that uh, when you look at what's happening around here, there are those nods, as you say, to our past, but it's also very much a part of our future.
1: We have a very strong history in,
2: in this area absolutely we do and greasy luck used to be something that people would say when a whaling ship used to take off to go out to sea would right. say greasy luck and you, what that meant is that you would have a lot of the whale oil on the decks of the ship if you oh, were successful I know that. yep. that's interesting that's I where that's where
0: that. it came from if you weren't successful if you if you weren't successful there was no oil on the deck right.
1: well in a couple minutes we're going to talk very specifically about some of the programs that sure. are available some of the things the public may not know about some of the things that businesses might not know about uh, we're fortunate to have this morning uh, Rick Kidder, the President and CEO of New Bedford Area Chamber of Commerce to meet with uh, Peter Lance and myself and uh, Phil. We're going to talk about history of the area a little bit. We're going to talk about why do we have this amazing confluence of energies that are available everything Mm -hmm. from schools and vocational schools and whale and preserving the past so Stay tuned. We're going to come right back in just a moment And talk about some real specifics and tell you why if you are a business owner You should join New Bedford area Chamber of Commerce. We'll be right back Welcome back ladies and gentlemen are you New Bedford proud We're New Bedford proud. I'm New
0: Bedford proud. In fact, it needs to be a hashtag. Hashtag New Bedford proud.
1: Yep, I like that idea a lot. So, welcome back to MoneyWise, brought to you by USA Wealth Group every Sunday morning. You can reach us at 508 998 8858. And our job is very simple we want to show you how to protect your family and
2: how to protect your money. Welcome back, Peter Lance welcome back good morning everyone and you just said it's our job to protect your family and your wealth and that's actually something that we're sort of doing a play in words on from the uh, do your job uh, I think that we're gonna start implementing a little slogan saying it's your job to protect your family it's our job to show you how yes we're actually using that right now a little bit aren't we we are but (laughs)
1: welcome back to uh, Rick Kidder who's the president and CEO of New Bedford Area Chamber of Commerce and, Phil, I know that you've known Rick for some time as well. Absolutely. Respect him and think the world of him. Right. He is a lightning rod of energy and has done so much in our
2: community. I think
1: Energy is the right word. And yeah. High fives all around. So welcome back. We're going to talk more about the specifics of New Bedford Area Chamber of Commerce and some of the things that you do. We've already established that there's about 1,000 members of this fine organization. What are some of the publications you have? I know that there are some documents that you produce. Absolutely, there are, there are a
0: number of publications that we produce and of course like many organizations we use both digital publications and uh, and of course printed ones. Uh, we do our printed directory where that's uh, about to be wrapped up for the year. Uh, that gives a tremendous amount of information on all of the ten communities we serve and of course a listing of our members and uh, it's one of those uh, directories that has an incredible shelf life. You walk, walk into offices and it's there on the on everybody's desk because they refer to it quite a bit. Uh, we also do on a bi-monthly publication called the chamber focus uh, which is a, essentially a newspaper uh, and that allows us to get stories out about the chamber stories about our members uh, one of the things that uh, that chambers sometimes fall into the bad trap of is they make it about them it's never about us it's about our members and so we use our chamber focus to focus on our members uh, we've also created a new uh, digital uh, portal and that's called the business voice and the business voice is about our advocacy efforts and attempts that we're making to inform our members about what's going on at the State House, what's going on at city halls and town halls to make sure that they have opportunities to weigh in as well plus we have our usual communications that we do on a weekly basis about the events and programs that we offer
1: and I'm gonna ask you and I know this is a little bit strange but I'm gonna do it anyways could you just tell us who some of the prim- primary officers sure. are for your organization? Sure.
0: We are gov- we are a, a 501c6 organization, which means we are a nonprofit, mm-hmm. uh, and we're governed by a board of directors, and it's what's called a self-perpetuating board of directors. They have a nominating committee that brings new members onto the board as board members serve their terms out. Uh, a board member may serve uh, three three-year terms, uh, but the chair of our board for this year, beginning in, in January, is Joe Michaud. Okay. Uh, he's an attorney in town. He's, he's well-known to a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kim Perry is our Vice Chair of Government Affairs, uh, or was our Vice Chair of Government Affairs. She is now moving up into the position of Chair-Elect. Okay. And Ron All- uh, Ron Ellis, who is a financial planner, is the Chair of our Government Affairs. Uh, Beth Sylvia Caldwell, I think most of you know the Sylvia Group. Sure. Um, Beth Sylvia Caldwell is a member of our Executive Committee. Jeff Paliuka from Webster Bank. Uh, Chambers... Uh, usually have quite a few bankers involved. Uh, Dan Waltz, who's the president of Southern Mass, uh, uh, Southern Mass Credit Union, and Carl Tabor from Bay Coast Bank, kind of rounded it out. It's a remarkable group of people who really go out and help. Uh, plus, we, have, we, are, we are one of the few chambers that actually has a director emeritus. And our director emeritus is Joel Burns. He's a great guy. He's yeah. a wonderful guy, and he served our organization for a very long time and holds an honorary position as a member of our board for life.
1: Well, I think it's really important to let the public know who some of the members of the board of directors are. They're volunteers. They don't get paid. They put in a lot of personal time, bring a lot of business experience, and they are your leaders. They are. Uh, And without
0: without them, we would be unable to function. Our board of directors really has two primary responsibilities. Uh, Hire and fire me. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we don't, we, th- we hope the latter is not on the on the on the table. Uh, but they hire and fire the CEO of the organization, and they have the responsibility for safeguarding the fiscal and financial health of the organization going forward. Uh, that's those are very serious things. But they also are the ones who are our policy setters. Uh, so when we weigh in on a particular issue, I've got a board of directors behind me. They may not 100% agree on an issue, but they have concluded on a direction in which we move.
1: Well, you have a good team of people and you've got a good staff as well. I have to give you a quotation, Peter. I'm sorry. Oh,
2: I thought we were going to get through a show with that one, folks. I'm sorry. This is
1: a very appropriately (laughs) good quotation from Magic Johnson. (laughs) When you are a successful business person, you
2: are only as good as your team. No one can do every deal alone. Magic Johnson. would certainly agree with that uh, what are some of the member services the benefits of membership for uh, the Chamber of Commerce
0: They really fall into a couple of, into a couple of buckets. Uh, Obviously, connectivity is one, networking. We want our business people to do business with each other. So in order to do that, we have to create venues and situations where our members can get together in one space, meet each other. Um, One of the things that I think most of us realize, we live in an increasingly technological world. Most of us are on Facebook. Most of us have lots of different ways that we connect with people. But I don't know about you. My LinkedIn account has 5,780 people in it. Wow. And I think I've met 200 of them.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't do business
0: with those folks. I do business with people I know. Mm -hmm. And so we provide opportunities for people to get to know each other and do business with each other. So that's one bucket. A second bucket is business education. We run workshops and programs that are designed to help business people improve what they do it could be as simple as running a workshop on how to do social media or running a workshop on how to use quickbooks effectively or running a workshop on how to build a good staff and not get yourself into hr nightmares
1: and i've been to some of those uh, seminars and that you do and i've found some of them to be productive wonderful so that's another useful benefit of belonging to the chamber There are a lot of little uh, mini educational programs you can go and you can learn something.
0: And one that we launched a few months ago is something called our Friday Forums. And that gives our members an opportunity on every Friday to do a workshop at the chamber where they are the subject expert. And while it's not about direct sales, it's not about doing a direct sale to the people who come, it's actually really about letting the Chamber market them as experts in something. Mm -hmm. So, Ray, if you wanted to come in and do something on on wealth management. Sure. You can come in and do that and be a subject expert. In the midst of that, of course, they get to see you, know you, trust you, and say, hey, I may knock on your door when we're done here.
2: I think those sort of presentations work, you know, they're more effective anyways because nobody wants to go to a sales presentation. Right. They'd rather go to an informational session where if they choose to at some date down the road, they can reach out to you. You bet. (laughs) We yeah. also do a number of large events, and
0: we're and we've just ad- adopted a community event that's been very popular called the Chowder Fest, uh, that's been around for a number of years. DMB oh, Inc. did it. Great. Uh, it's now going to be a chamber event. We're excited about that. We're going to be doing that in the fall. Uh, in addition to that, we do the uh, we've just revamped our home health and wellness show. Uh, it used to be the home show. Used right. to be a two-day event. Now it's going to be a one-day event because we we figured that that we've seen the looks of the people who are manning booths. On day two, mm-hmm. and they look like death on a cracker.
1: Death on a cracker. I've never heard that.
0: It's not before. a pretty look. So we're turning it into a one-day event, and we're expanding it into ho- home health and wellness. Uh, that s-
1: image is forming in my mind.
0: It's it's not a good. It's not a pretty picture. Trust me. Uh, we've also had a number of very successful events that we're continuing along, uh, in, including uh, our annual meeting.
1: Peter and I are both opening our mouths at the same time. Go. Cool. So you said something about people get to see you, they trust you. So that gives me an opportunity to give another important quotation, Peter. This is from so, Zig Ziglar. See, Ziegler. I was trying to not let him get a word in, and he was upset by that. No, no, but very know probably probably. <laughs> You lose. This <laughs> was not pre-planned. If people like you, they'll listen to you. But if they trust you, they'll do business with you. That's a that good so quote. True. That's a good quote. Who did Z- that? Zig Ziglar. I love it. Oh, I interviewed him when he was on. Hey, I remember uh, you fabulous. mentioned that. Yeah. Fabulous.
2: Yeah.
0: Yep. Excellent quote, and it's true. Well,
2: one of the things is, you know, Rick is bringing such energy to this, and that's such a a good characteristic to have as the head of the Chamber of Commerce. So that's a, a great testament to you that you and I are trying to compete with him to get a word in. Yes, it is.
0: That is the nicest way of saying I babble no. that I've ever no.
2: heard. No, no.
1: You have many erudite things to say. Thank you. You're very so kind. We'll, we'll dazzle each other with you, some words. You're stirring
2: both of our brains so much that we're both trying to talk, and, and he just wants to have quotes. Let me tell you about some of the great resources we have in New Bedford,
1: which is why we can be New Bedford proud. We've got the University of Massachusetts you, in Dartmouth. Yes, They've got the Charlton School of Business, which is an outstanding component of that. We've got the High-tech center, which is over in Fall River. Uh, we have a new marine center being built down in the south end mm-hmm. of New Bedford. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Bristol Community College. We've got a great, wonderful, greater New Bedford area vocational tech school uh, that, you know, is just as good as the universities that are out here in terms of producing people with skills and energy. We've got great resources in Me this too. area. We do. And then you've got Whale, the Waterfront Historic Area Lake. Yes. Look what a difference they've made in saving and salvaging our historic district. You've got the, uh, the, the park, the National Park. And I'll give a little quick plug for Attorney Tenny Lance, my wife. She wrote the first draft of the legislation to establish the park. The National really? Parks. Yep. Wow. And then, she she also, well then kudos to her. She turned it over to Barney Frank's
2: office, and they uh-huh. polished it up, and then they passed it and got it Got it. Uh,
1: That's fantastic.
2: Promoted. Being in the area only a year and a half, you may or may not know this either, but the historic district downtown with all the old gas lamps mm-hmm. and the uh, cobblestones, Yes. Uh, my mother wrote the grant for that and brought it up to Boston when she was seven months pregnant with me during a blizzard. I'll be darned. So Peter has a minor role in it. Yeah, a very minor role in it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's, that is really exciting. Yes. So th- yes. your, your connections here are long and deep to our
1: heritage. Tenny, has, Tenny has a real love for New Bedford and everything and around And history it. and everything. And when we talk about New Bedford, you know, we are obviously recognizing all the communities that surround us as yes. well that are also part of the Chamber organization. Mm-hmm. It's not just New Bedford, but New Bedford is the focal point. Absolutely, there's no question about it. And uh, you'd mentioned UMass
0: Dartmouth, and UMass Dartmouth is a is a great asset that we're hoping uh, as their as their new chancellor comes on board. Are the Bay Sox a member of the chamber? Of oh, absolutely, we do Chamber Night at the Bay Sox.
2: I don't know um, what their success is uh, with being in the area, but I love going to those games. I, I don't do get too. to go as much as I can, and I really need to try to step that up and go more. You know, it's there's that wonderful sense of the the Sox being what baseball used to be. Yep.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Before it went corporate, all yep. of a sudden you,
2: you... Everybody's got smiles on their faces, enjoying themselves. Kids yeah. are catching fly balls left and right. And it's now if you stand Audi. in
0: exactly
1: the right place, you can have a beer.
2: Yep. <laughs> no, it's, it's an absolutely wonderful outing. Now, I know that you're a proponent of the um, South Coast Rail System. I, am. Uh, I, I will be completely honest that I have not followed that in a number of years because I didn't know if it was ever going to happen. I know that there's been a lot of talk about it again. Do you think that that's going to be a great benefit to New Bedford, bringing people in?
0: I think actually it's going to it's going to do a number of things. Yes, uh, and and the conversation has been rekindled. Uh, and to be perfectly honest with you, the the proposed route that had, was going to take it through Stoughton uh, was something that was always going to be unworkable. It was going to be three billion dollars. There were going to be lawsuits as a result of the Hockomock Swamp and and environmental concerns that were going to stall it for another twenty five years. Uh, the governor's office actually stepped in and said maybe there's a different way we can do it, and that's a route through Middleborough. And that route through Middleborough is something that's gaining traction. It can cut the cost by two thirds. Number one, wow. and it can accelerate the it can accelerate having South Coast Rail from 25 years out to maybe four years out to five years mm-hmm. out. That's something that I think the governor is committed to. And when the governor is actually committed to something, and it's not just talk, uh, good things start to happen. Now you still have to pay for it. We have to figure out all of those details. But the reality is, is that I'm more optimistic about it. Than not. And I'd heard, this was part of what we talked about in the earlier segment about, uh, about kind of um, inborn cynicism here. That was one of the issues that people were quite cynical about because they'd been promised it so many times and it hadn't come through. Uh, but it's actually a game changer for a community like ours. Not only does it provide connectivity to Boston, it starts to place the New Bedford areas as it, it starts to immediately change property values. Oh, absolutely. Immediately change yep. property values. Uh, in the old days of the West, towns survived or didn't survive based on whether or not they were on the railroad. Mm-hmm. And to some degree, in this modern age in which we live, commuter rail is the same thing and it's going to allow us not only new property values but it's going to allow us to import talent and it's going to allow talent from here to be able to have jobs that may be elsewhere but they come back and they live here and become part of the fabric of this community because quite frankly even if our property values go up if you tried to buy a house in newton or wellesley or weston or outside of boston or in boston it's 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 insane
1: yeah rents in boston for Or one or two bedroom apartment right now at two thousand twenty five hundred dollars a month. Right. If you think rents are high in Greater New Bedford, uh, they're not compared to what's up there. But you're right. It does. A rail service would open up uh, a a proper commuting route to allow people to take jobs in Boston. It would. Look what GE is doing. GE is moving their world
2: headquarters from Connecticut to downtown Boston. Right. Right now. No, I just wanted to give you one idea that may be totally out of the realm of the Chamber of Commerce, but... There's I no such thing. We're the, involved in everything. It should be something. <laughs> <laughs> maybe do a couple of fundraisers every year, specifically uh-huh. to restore and get the Paul Revere sign back up and have the Chamber of Commerce logo, whether it's the new name or not, put underneath that. I miss that old sign. I miss that sign, too, and I think that's a great idea. Um, and just to mention, there, there is a very interactive and informative website that the Chamber has, Um, tons and tons of information, but there's events after events after events there coming are. up. Coffee and Conversation, February 2017, Business After Hours. Business State After Hours. Luncheon, Government Affairs Committee Meeting, South Coast Human Resources Council. So there's lots of events that you can go out and get involved in as well. Thank yeah. you. There are indeed. And one of the things I'd love to put in a plug for is that Business
0: After Hours that's coming up. We're doing that in conjunction with the Fall River Area Chamber of Commerce because it's very important that as Chambers we work together mm-hmm. and we bring business people from throughout the region together Together. We can't be parochial and say it's just our members here and just your members there. We need to bring them together. And we're doing it at Charlton. Uh, and the chamber is one of the sponsors of a new award that Charlton's going to be giving out this year called the Entrepreneur of the Year Award. And we're going to be working with them on, in fact, we have worked with them on the criteria for the award be part of the selection committee, and it's exciting to be able to do that
1: and really reward entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Those are great things. So here's my idea for a, a rail campaign, and I'll just put my 10 cents in. This yes. is not rehearsed either. Um, why don't we have the two chambers work together with all the area politicians and have a big rail day, rail media day, and let let the government know in Boston how serious we are about having rail and it would require some planning just to put that kind of an event again together. But the public could get behind it, all the Chamber of Commerce. Think if you had every Chamber of Commerce member who was signing on to a petition saying, We need rail in southeastern right. Massachusetts. Rail in southeastern Massachusetts is good business for Massachusetts.
0: And we have uh, we actually have a coordinating group called the the Rail to Boston Coalition uh, that lives at the chamber, and so we are actually in charge of putting together events just like that. Good. So we're going to be doing something along those lines when we know the timing is right. Um, we've just that project, by the way, has just been turned over from the MBTA Control Board over to over to MassDOT. Oh, that is a great sign. It is a uh, good sign. What that means is MBTA can can focus on all of its problems, and they are legion. And MassDOT can actually do all of the planning and the execution necessary to get South Coast Rail going. So you'll start to see events just like that starting to happen.
2: Now I know that there's also a new program that uh, you're looking to initiate called uh, Shop Local, Save Now. Yes, can you just give a little bit of detail on what that
0: is? You know, one of the one of the fascinating things about people shop, and I don't think people realize this. If you shop locally, about eighty percent on every dollar stays local. If you if you shop from Amazon, none of it stays local. Now, all of us are going to do some shopping on Amazon. All of us are going to do some shopping online. All of us are going to do some shopping at big box stores. That's going to happen. But if you really push local, then those dollars stay local. And so we're putting together a program that's really designed for one class of our members, which is business to consumer. Mm -hmm. And that's about 400 of our members. Uh, And those are restaurants. They're hair salons. They're small businesses that are looking to to thrive. It's a key tag program, but instead of being a member to member discount, it's actually a member to the world discount. Hmm. And so anybody who comes to the chamber and gets a key tag and it'll be, we'll be selling them for the cost of producing them. Hmm. So I think it'll maybe $2 and 50 cents for a key tag. Anybody can get one of those key tags. And that key tag tells that business that they're part of the program and they'll be able to offer a discount. And then we're building an app that goes with that, because we have to stay in the 21st century. We're building an app that goes with that where people are gonna be able to search the restaurants, search the hair salons, search the personal care items, search the pet supplies, things of that kind, all of those chamber member companies who are offering discounts to the general public. Mm -hmm. And we're using it also, uh, we're taking the first several hundred of those key tags and we're donating them to a number of nonprofits and we're donating them particularly to the foster families program, because foster families really don't get an awful lot of money to take care of those foster kids and the first thing that we wanted to do was to make sure that into the hands of of foster families those key tags went at no cost so that they'd be able to go out and utilize those when will that program be launched we're going to launch it in may uh, and it's going to launch at the home health and wellness show Uh, We're also in the midst of this one other thing that's being launched for that is we're in a chamber weight loss challenge at the moment. I can do Uh, that. The beauty beauty of radio is you don't get to see how portly I have become since I moved here. (laughs) Portly is a
1: genteel word.
0: It is a genteel word. uh, Actually, I think just plain overweight. Uh, and there are three members of our staff who are in the process of trying to lose 10% of our body weight by the Home Health and Wellness Show. Uh, we're doing a little uh, campaign on Facebook so for people to guess who's doing the best. I'll give you a hint. I am.
1: The winner gets an apple pie.
0: Yes, the winner actually gets to go off their diet for a bit.
1: <laughs> that's, that's really good, good news to hear. Yeah, I could benefit. I've, actually, 10%. That's really what I want to lose, mm-hmm. is 10%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You look well, for good. me, I mean, that's actually just the
2: beginning. But. Yes. You don't look like death on a cracker. So Thank that's you. Thank good you thing. very, very much. My
1: doctors
0: might disagree.
1: Well, there's a gentleman named Jim Rohn who once said, if you really want to
2: do something, you'll find a way. If you don't, you'll find an excuse. Whether you're right, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're, you're right. right. <laughs> and I'll give you one more quote from Walt Disney. If you can dream it, you can do it. And there's our... Five-quote quota done for the day again.
1: No, I've got one other one that I have to give you. (laughs) He's got one on the holster. This is uh, Will Rogers. Did you ever hear Will Rogers' film? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Will Rogers said, always drink upstream from the herd. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't figured out what that one means. Uh, Unfortunately, I have. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are talking with uh, Rick Kidder, who is president and CEO of New Bedford Area Chamber of Commerce. And here's my last thought for a new idea. Uh, don't miss the boat. Well, I like it. If you're not a member of the Chamber of Commerce, you're missing the boat. I like that. So I like this. Don't miss the boat. And it ties in with our nautical heritage here and everything yeah, else. We may get you on the marketing committee. I like to do things like this. Do you like to do things like that, Phil? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We can play a rock the boat don't rock the boat baby rock the boat. You'd be great at this. I mean it, Ray. Well, I have just one more quote that I was thinking of you this morning when I was looking at this. This oh, is from my famous my favorite Greek quote, quotation philosopher anonymous. 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 Anonymous said, "Do one thing every day that scares you." I, I was thinking <laughs> look in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking uh, just not being very nice to Celeste. Oh, that would scare me. Yes. Yeah, well, and you wouldn't get away and with that it I either. Wouldn't, that's right, buddy. <laughs> well, there are so many benefits. Well. You know, we've only touched on uh, a part of them today. And, and uh, Peter, we appreciate your input and help to keeping me on track as well. To ask you more specific questions about the chamber, it's a great organization, folks. There's something there for everyone, and. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a business and you're not yet a member of the Chamber of Commerce, you need to be one. And, Rick, how can somebody get more information if they want to join the chamber? If
0: they want to join the chamber, there are actually three ways they could do it. They can go online uh, to our website, which is www.newbedfordchamber.com. There's a button at the very top that says Join Now, uh, and they can join right online if that's easier for them to do so. Uh, they could give me a call at 508-999-5231. Uh, I've, often, I've often said that I can uh, sell anything, but I couldn't close a door, so I would then hand it over to our Crack salesperson Ian Abreu, and let him close the sale. Ian is good. Or they can come try out one of our events. Yes. Come come to a business after hours to to meet with us, see what it is that we do, and we'd love to have them give it a test drive and see see what we do, and then uh, then yep. we'll sign them up once we got them.
1: I'm going to mention something very specifically. It's not that expensive to join. No. Um, I think we paid just a little over $300 for an mm-hmm. annual membership to mm-hmm. be a member of the Chamber of Commerce, which I found to be uh, fairly reasonable.
0: And, you know, I think one of the real benefits that nobody realizes is that uh, you you all don't feel, I think most businesses don't feel, that they have much of a voice up at the State House or at City Hall. Uh, but having the power of a thousand businesses behind you, when you, when, when we're making, uh, doing real business stuff at at the state house or at city hall, that's really important. And the chamber is a, is your advocate there as well.
1: Well, join the chamber. Thank you, Rick Kidder, uh President and CEO of the chamber, for being with us. Thank you, Peter Lance. Thank you for uh, listening to MoneyWise and tune in to USA Wealth Group next week as well. We'll see you then on the radio.